go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. It's the Football Playbook with your boy R.I.C. and the place to be checking in from the Jersey Shore here on this Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, part 16, counting you down to the NFL Draft, 219 days away over on the NFLDraftBible.com. That's what we do since 2002 right here on the Football Playbook. We chop it up. We break it down. Bird gang, bird gang. We got Eagles talk all day long here. Some really good guests for you. Uh, Eddie Kratz. We'll be joining us at 10.05 right here at the top of the show in just a little while, I believe. Uh, we'll pop him on, get the Eagles' reaction, and then we'll have uh, our good friend Ben Standing from The Athletic for Hour 2 uh, give us a preview of Commander's Week. But, man, woo! Bird gang, bird gang, how we feeling? Shout out to all the chat room people for waking up with us here today. Hit the like button. We're just getting started. Two hours of power for you. And talk about power. Jalen Hurts. I got the power. Oh, snap. Taking me back. Woo. Jalen Hurts is that man. I try to tell him. I try to tell him Jalen Hurts is laughing at you. Hate on, haters. Hate on. I got news for you. Howie Roseman. I told you last week to have Vic Fangio on line one. Maybe you should have Nicole Lynn on line two because I got news for you. The longer you wait to engage with Jalen Hurts on a long-term contract, more money it's going to cost you, all right? I've been covering the NFL now. This is my 21st season. Let me tell you something. Jalen Hurts can play a little bit. (laughs) He can play a little bit based on my experience from what I've seen, and I want to apologize on behalf of a lot of my media brethren who are huh, hard to listen to, Jalen Hurts, Rick Saratella, we're laughing at you. We're laughing at you because it's the same people. It's the same people that tell me Kirk Cousins isn't a good quarterback that say Jalen Hurts doesn't deserve big money. You know what Kirk, you know what Kirk Cousins is making this year? million. 40. That's a $40 million quarterback. Now, you tell me which quarterback you'd rather build a team around. You tell me which quarterback you'd rather pay. I'm taking Hurts all day. So I'm glad that people are starting to finally come around. (laughs) But we've been steering the ship, baby. We've been trying to tell you. You happy now? It's the same guys 
that said Minnesota is such a good team because they beat Green Bay. It's the same people today telling me, oh, well, Minnesota's not that good. Which one is it, guys? Which one is it? You know, and Darius Slay, Maron, Mamiya. Talk about a, a, a big-time players making big-time plays and big-time moments. I know Nick Sariani said Jalen Hurts, was that was a big-time performance on a big-time stage. How about Darius Slay? He slayed the dragon in JJ. 17 reps on Jefferson, five targets. He only allowed one catch. He had two picks. Darius Slay, welcome to the big show. <laughs> what a outstanding performance by the Eagles, both sides of the ball. It's almost as if Jonathan Gannon was listening to the show because he dialed up and made the adjustments necessary. He applied the pressure like we asked him to. I said the blitz percentage has got to be way up. They went from 15% blitz rate a week ago to 33% last night. 16 pressures on Kirk Cousins. Oh, by the way, your $40 million quarterback that people are trying to tell me, you know. I'll get I'll get more into this later on in the show, but with the salary cap going up 25 million next year, and then another 25 million the year after that with all these big TV deals. Pay hurts now. Otherwise, it's gonna cost you big time bucks, man. I think I think Howie Roseman can save himself five to ten million dollars a year by engaging in contract extension right now. That's just me. That's what I would do. You're not going to find a better quarterback on the street or in the draft. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Rick Saratella here. You there in the chat. Woo! Like the show. We're buckled up. Jacob Sports Channel holding it down on the uh, Ocean Casino Resorts Cream postgame last night. Looking, looking something fabulous. And this man joining us right now is always looking fabulous. Always great to see Eddie Kratz here joining us this morning. Yesterday, he was game day Kratz on the Birds 365. Today, we'll call him Cafe Kratz, uh, cooking up the espresso. Or some, some people in the chat room might be calling you Boo Bird Kratz after picking the Vikings last night. What was that, Eddie? I thought the Vikings were a good team, you know, and now we have this different narrative that they stink uh, <laughs> after the Eagles, you know, dominated them 24-7. You know, I think the Vikings are a good team. They came in here off a win over the Green Bay Packers, and I know the Packers had some – offensive line issues but you know this is a good team with a good roster they're very good on defense obviously Justin Jefferson's you know one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL um Irv Smith is a very good tight end and the Eagles dominated them so you know let's not change the narrative now that the Vikings aren't any good you know they came into this team into this game a good team and and I still think they are um and yeah I picked them and listen don't be betting the mortgage or you know the family, you know, the, the children's tuition on on uh, you know what I'm telling you because you know my guess is just as good as yours, John's, Paul's, Frank's, whoever else um, that, that watches the Eagles closely. No, I, I gotta say I thought this was going to be a much closer game. Give credit where credit is due. Uh, Dalvin Cook they had to abandon the run game. Justin Jefferson was non-existent. Adam Thielen. What, what was that? I mean, huh. unbelievable performance all the way around. And it's just an award tour because 
This week it was Jalen Rager. Next week's our good friend Carson Wentz. The week after that is Doug Peterson. Oh, by the way, it seems like every week there's some kind of monumental performance by Jalen Hurts here. 300 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, multiple touchdowns. The only other quarterbacks to do that on Monday Night Football are Cam Newton and Mike Vick. It seems like every week there's a new accolade. But, Ed, I mean, what more can the can the man do? He he slices and dices the, the, the pass rush when he takes off and tucks and runs. He's improved his deep ball accuracy. He's worked the short to intermediate game a lot better. I mean, people ask for progress. What more do you want this kid to prove? Yeah, listen, I mean, the one thing I wanted to see him get better at this year was his completion percentage. He checked in at about 61% last year. All right. He, he starts the season by going, I think it was 18 for 32, but four of those are throwaways. Okay. I know they count as stats, but he threw the ball away four times when, you know, he was running out of real estate while keep trying to keep a play alive and, and kudos to him for doing that. Whereas last year he might not have done that. He might've tried to do too much or took a sack or, you know, tried to gain a yard or two, but still not get to the line of scrimmage. So you take those four away and it's an, a 64% game last week. Then comes last night, 26 for 31, completed his first 11 throws, which is a career high for him to start a game, 11 completions in a row. Um, but that's 80, that's close to 84% completion percentage. He's not going to do that all, you know, all season. But, you know, if he can up that completion percentage, in my opinion, to like 65 to 68, that's huge progress to me. And last night, I think the Vikings dared Hurts to beat them with his arm. They didn't give him much in the run game early on. Now it loosened up a little bit later, and he had that terrific 26-yard run for a touchdown. Uh, I mean, that was just a, a thing of beauty, and it started with a, a terrific fake handoff to Miles Sanders where I saw some of the defense bite on Sanders thinking he had the ball, and then Hurts swept the right side, and it was wide open. He got a block downfield, made a move inside, and pulled his way into the end zone. But, um, you know, I just think that uh, the Vikings wanted him to beat them with his arm and they wanted him to stay in the pocket, and Hertz did, and he stayed in the pocket, and when he didn't stay in the pocket, he was able to maneuver you know, through the pocket, didn't look to run right away, kept his eyes downfield, something, again, we didn't see last year, and he made plays on the run, whether it was to his left or to his right. He took advantage of the middle of the field. Another improvement that I've seen in him is him throwing the ball over the middle of the field. He had some nice completions to Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith in the middle of the field, so Listen, I don't know what more you want him to do, to be honest. Yeah, and, you know, nine out of ten quarterbacks would have probably just ran out of bounds there. And he said, you know what, let me just take this to the house real quick because, <laughs> you know, something that Jalen Hurts has that Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray don't is size. And we talk about the, the modern-day quarterback and all these dual-threat guys. Jalen Hurts is built like a traditional pocket passer, we heard Quincy Avery is is a coach down in Alabama talking about he, he he was built like a running back, all rocked up. Well, he said, "Oh, let me just lower the shoulder, boom, and run you over and carry you into the end zone." And uh, you mentioned he completed the first eleven passes last week. The first five, he was zero for five. It was the worst career start. Mm -hmm. This week was his best career start: seventeen for twenty, two hundred and fifty-one yards, and a touchdown at halftime. Uh, the second half was a little bit more cruise control, but I will tell you this. I like deep downfield balls that traveled over 10 yards. He was eight for 11, 173 yards. And suddenly 
suddenly I try to tell everybody during the preseason when it was 30 to one odds. Don't look now, Eddie Kratz. The Ocean Casino Resort Sportsbook has Jalen Hurts as the third favorite MVP candidate in the race. He's down to eight to one odds now. Well, yeah, too bad we didn't get in on that action <laughs> back in August, huh? When it was a little bit higher. But I hey, try to tell him. <laughs> I know. Hey, but again, listen, it's week two, right? I mean, there are bigger tests ahead. It's a long season, and you know, you want a healthy and fresh Hurts in November and December. I mean, it's all great now to watch him. Um, and he's a big guy, like you said. He's six one. He's rocked up at two twenty three, uh, two hundred twenty three pounds. But you know, to me, when he came into the league, he was a, he was a running back playing quarterback, and he still has that running back ability. But now I think you're seeing him become more of a quarterback. And you know, I thought what he did last night was eye opening, to be honest, on national TV in front of millions of uh, fa- fans across the country, NFL fans across the country, and he showed that. You know, he, he can be a quarterback. And, you know, again, week two, bigger tests ahead. But he certainly – I can't argue with those odds for him being the MVP. I mean, the, the Eagles could be onto something special with him. This looks like it might be a special season. Um, again, I catch that by saying week two. But, uh, you know, certainly all signs are pointing up for this team and for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's just a mystical, a magical – ride that Jalen Hurts has taken us on and uh, let's be frank the only person that's going to stop Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts and that would be an injury and we saw you know I think his rushing attempts were down uh, 17 last week down to 11 this week I believe we saw the ball distribution first pass goes right to Devonta Smith he made sure to get him involved early and often distributed amongst all the wideouts something we all wanted to see this offense improve upon and then again, in the running game, also very well balanced. Hurts leads the team in rushing, but Sanders is right there. He played 53% of the snaps, Gainwell 26, Scott 21. I think this is the way to kind of get through the season and into the playoffs as healthy and durable as possible. Well, yeah, you know, listen, I, I asked Hurts this after the game last night, and, you know, I asked if this is the way the offense is supposed to look. He had – eight different receivers. He didn't lock in on one guy. This is an offense with many weapons and you have to be able to get all of them involved at some point if you're able to do it. And uh, he was able to do it. And and I asked him if this is the way the offense should look with you spreading the ball to AJ Brown five times and Devonte Smith, seven times and Dallas Goddard five times. And, you know, he had four receivers go over 69 yards or more last night. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And, you know, Hertz, of course, you know, he always tap dances around most questions. And, you know, he said, we'll score any way we can or we'll go to whoever we can to score points. But I think this is what the offense should look like, is him playing point guard. And it was interesting that James Harden, the point guard, was in the house last night too um, because Hertz did his best point guard impersonation by getting the ball around all these different receivers. And that's what Nick Sirianni wants. Is he And, and Howie Roseman, he put these weapons together and now it's up to Hertz to utilize them. And last night he did. No, I like the analogy. He is a point guard. He's an improviser. He can do it all, you know, triple threat option that Jalen Hurts. And uh, we got Eddie Kratz, Eagles Today, SportsIllustrated.com, breaking it down, chopping it up here uh, with us on the football playbook. You mentioned James Harden. I think uh, uh, Slay gave him a, a, an autographed <laughs> ball of one of those picks. It was a uh, it was a celebrity filled night there at the link. Bryce Harper was seen. Bradley Cooper was in attendance. Uh, 
take us behind the scenes, Eddie. What was the uh, the atmosphere like in the link last night? It was it was raucous, man. Uh, Travis Kelsey was there uh, supporting his big bro Jason. You know the Chiefs didn't play obviously Monday, um, but yeah, it was it was raucous, Rick, and um, right from the get go. And you know the Eagles. I've seen that crowd turn just as quickly, uh, you know, through the course of a game on their own team. I've seen many games there where they've gotten booed off the field at halftime, including last year a few times. But uh, the Eagles came out of the gate firing. They scored on their first possession, converted some really nice third downs along the way, including a, a third and 13 on an 18 or 19 yard completion from Hertz to A.J. Brown. He, uh, Zach Paschal had another big third down catch on that drive. Uh, just like he had one in Detroit last week. So, you know, the crowd was into it from the start, and the Eagles gave them a reason to stay into it by coming out. Uh, the Vikings won the toss, and they elected to defer, and so the Eagles got the ball. And I think that's great. I think start the ball with the offense. Start the game with the offense. Go down there and put seven up rather than throwing your defense out there. I think they should receive more to start the game. I know, you know, the NFL likes to do that two-for-one deal where you get the ball late in the first half and you score points and you come out and get the ball to start the second half and score more points. But I like going out there and setting the tone 7 nothing, And that's what they did. They kept the crowd in it. The Eagles' defense fed off of that defensive line. Only two sacks, but two sacks is better than nothing, right? Um, and they came late. And then the three interceptions. So I think that crowd stayed into it. They didn't turn. I didn't hear it. The only time I heard booze was when Jalen Rager came on the field or, or when the official threw another flag for an illegal man downfield or there was some booze when Devontae Smith got called for an offensive P.I. But the Eagles didn't boo their team. And, and that's the first time in a long time I can remember that happening. And credit to the Eagles for starting quick, taking a 14-0 lead. That 53-yard touchdown pass, I mean, you know, Quez Watkins was, you know, where the nearest defender was in the Reading Terminal for the Vikings. I don't know where they were. Watkins was wide open. Hertz found them 53 yards later, and the crowd was rocking. 14. Yeah, there was some safety miscommunication. Yeah. They were in quarter coverage, and they got uh, the, the, what was it, Bynum? The safety got caught up with Goddard underneath on a miss oh. assignment, and boom. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Big plays all over the field. So, I yeah. agree. I think it was a good move to get the ball, come out roaring, get the field, the home field crowd behind you, going to halftime, rocking and rolling. Oh, by the way, I didn't see too much out there on this, but our good friend Dick Vermeil received his uh, Hall of Fame induction ring. I know they had a little ceremony for the, for him there at halftime. We had our good friend Howard Balzer on yesterday talking about how he chose Philadelphia rather than the Rams or the chiefs not sure how much you got to see from the media room but what was that moment like yeah i don't know i might have been eating you know some of the uh, food you were in line for the desserts i know <laughs> <laughs> i'm not admitting to anything rick uh but listen i i was you know vermeil's a very popular figure here obviously in philadelphia uh and he was out there for the coin flip too with uh you know the eagles captains i think it was cox and kelsey and uh, maybe one other, maybe Slay. But, yeah, he was out there for the coin flip, too. And, and the crowd loves that stuff. You know, they they love Dick Vermeil, uh, especially now that he went in as an eagle, um, despite coaching in, in uh, St. Louis with the Rams when they were there and, and, and the uh, – and the uh, who else? Who am I missing? Chiefs, Chiefs. Chiefs, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it, it just added to the electricity. And then, you know, once they start showing on the Jumbotron, uh, Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins – James Harden. And you don't know these people are there because, you know, they, they look like anybody sitting out there in the 70,000 crowd. Um, but then the fans get even louder and it's like, wow, man, cool. He's here. He's here. And, and, you're, and you know, they, they were treated to a real show. Those, those celebrities. 
Yeah, no, very cool scene. And, you know, uh, I think it's very cool. Dick Vermeil went in as a Philadelphia Eagle because you could state a case that that greatest show on turf team with the Rams, arguably maybe the greatest offense of all time. Yeah. So for him to go in as a Philadelphia Eagle is kind of a big deal. I thought that was just a cool moment, yeah. uh, you know, get the home crowd fired up even more. And, you know, I'm looking at the schedule, Ed. I mean, it looks like the Eagles are going to be favored every single matchup right up until Thanksgiving week when they take on the Green Bay Packers. I don't see a, a, a game on the docket where, you know, they shouldn't win. Uh, are we are we getting too excited here in week two? Or, I mean, Washington comes uh, at Washington. The Eagles are already five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Wow. Jacksonville uh, played well this week. You know, what do you what do you see here up next for the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, this is like, you know, the main course here, right? This is uh, you have uh, Jalen Rager. Now you have Carson Wentz. Then you have Doug Peterson. I mean, this is this is fun. This is football season, man. This is what it's supposed to be about. All these fun storylines that we're watching. Um, but as far as being favored, I mean, I, you can make a case that maybe Arizona might be favored because they're home, uh, you know, in, in the desert there, uh, whenever that is, October maybe. 9th. I think. I, I think they get lucky, though. That'll be the last game that DeAndre Hopkins misses. So that'll be a plus. Certainly helps. Um, but, you know, again, the Eagles go on the road. It's a long trip out to the, you know, to the different time zone there. So, you know, if you're going to say, OK, who's going to be favored in that one? Maybe Arizona, but that could be like a point. You know, maybe it opens at two and gets gets talk down to one but you know i i'm not a vegas odds maker but that yeah, that would be my thought is maybe maybe arizona is the next game that the eagles aren't favored in until green bay and whatever that is week 12 yeah and who knows they might even be favored against the packers in week 12 who, they who could knows? be they could be buckle up it's gonna be a long ride <laughs> yeah. uh and we'll take you here every step of the way on the football playbook chopping it up breaking it down with ed kratz eagles today over on SI.com. Let's talk a little bit about the defense now, Ed, because, you know, we talked about is it scheme? Is it personnel? Is it missed tackling? Is it lack of aggression? And we saw Jonathan Gannon dialed it up, 33% pressure, 16 uh, QB pressures, you know, more almost double what it was last week. Is this par for the course? Was this a... Uh, situational matchup where they wanted to apply pressure for Kirk Cousins, or will we see more of the same against Carson Wentz next week? Well, I mean, it was effective. I don't know why you would go away from what you did. You know, you mentioned the blitzes. Yeah, big jump in the, you know, in the amount of blitzes he dialed up against Minnesota versus Detroit. And, you know, he did some other things too. I thought he did a good job disguising coverages. Um, you know, there were a lot of times that Kirk Cousins stood back there and looked over the field and, even though he had some time to throw, there was nobody open or he just didn't know where he was going with the ball because the Eagles were disguising their coverages. And another thing I really liked is, you know, he played his corners in press coverage. He, oh, there were a lot of snaps where he had Slay and Maddox and Bradbury right on the receivers, Thielen and Jefferson uh, and Osborne in the slot, right in their face. He didn't play that five, six-yard cushion with his DBs or his cornerbacks like we saw in Detroit. Um, and, you know, and that made for some easy pitch and catches for the Lions. But uh, he, he brought his corners in to the line and played press coverage. And I, and I like to see that. He was aggressive last night. And that's how he needs to, you know, in my opinion, that's what he needs to do. And 
listen, he was on he was on a real hot seat this week. People calling for him to be replaced. If the Vikings come out and hang a thirty spot on him, you know, is he going? I know you were you were really uh, fired up <laughs> about Gannon, Rick. So yeah, hey. he came out. He needed that night, and you know who else needed that night was Fletcher Cox. There was a lot of talks that talked that Cox was cooked. Uh, and I thought he played a really, really good game last night, Fletcher Cox. I know he had a sack, strip sack, fumble, the 11th strip sack that he's had in his uh, career with the Eagles. So I thought Cox played well. I think him and Gannon both really stepped up and rose to the occasion last night. Agree. And I'll give credit where credit is due. We called out Jonathan Gannon. We asked him to step his game up. He took accountability in the press conference, which I appreciated. And he said, look, I got to make some adjustments. We got to adapt some things. And he did exactly that. He applied more pressure. He switched it up, played some man coverage. I like that. Um, the one interesting thing I will say that I saw, maybe you have a better breakdown for me, but I see Bradbury played 100% of the snaps. Marcus yeah. Epps, uh, CJ Johnson all played 100% of the snaps. For as good of a game that Darius Slay played, he was only in there 80% yeah. of the time, 49 of 61 snaps. Kind of curious, uh, what was behind that whole philosophy? Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because I'm writing a kind of an inside the snap look here uh, that I'll be posting, you know, shortly after we get off here. Um, and I, I noticed that too. It's like, boy, he just seemed like he was all over the place every play, and he only played 80% yeah. of the snaps. I think it was 47 of the uh, 49. Yeah. yeah. So, for yeah, I mean, that that was surprising. Um, I don't know what was going on there. Uh, you know, maybe they brought in an extra DB. Um, but yeah, he was, he was off the field and listen, he, he's, you know, he's on the crossing 31, I think he'll be 32 on new year's day. So, you know, it's, it's good to give the guy a little breather from now, now hey. again, but he was all over the place last night. He was the star of that defense, obviously. I mean, there's no brainer really. Um, but you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, you mentioned him hundred percent of the snaps, what he's doing coming in here on the last day of August, right? New scheme, new personnel, new teammates, he played all but three snaps against the Lions, went all snaps last night against the, the Vikings. I mean, that that's impressive. And he, I think, had five tackles, was, you know, I think third on the team in tackles. So, you know, he didn't make any standout plays like, whoa, CJ, great play. But he was out there for all 100, you know, 100% of the snaps. And that that's that's a feather in his cap and the defensive coaches for getting him ready to play uh, that much, uh, you know, that many snaps. No, I think there's something to be said for that. And, you know, you're doing a, a, a snap count article over there on Eagles today. Let me ask you about the defensive line rotation because, hey, it was effective. Again, uh, no one on the defensive line, I think Reddick played the most snaps, 67%. Fletcher Cox, 66%. Hargrave, 62%. Sweat, 57%. BG, 48%. And on and on, Milton, 36%. Jordan Davis, 34%. 21 reps. So 22 last week, 21 this week. Milton T, 30%. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, an eight-man front rotational defensive line unit here. Hey, it seemed to work out great. <laughs> yeah. And you know, listen, I, I don't know what it was like temperature-wise out there, but the but the line didn't wear down. Uh, you know, and obviously they they got off the field on third down. They did a really nice job on third down. Last week against the Lions, they gave up quite a few long drives. I think the, the Lions converted seven of eight third downs in the second half. Um, but it's interesting when you look at the the numbers for Marlon T and Milton Williams and Jordan Davis, all all three of those snaps counts are down from a week ago. 
And I think that had something to do with it is that, you know, it was a, a cooler night. I mean, it was still warm, I guess, but there was a nice breeze and it wasn't like it was in Detroit, stuffy, hot fans right on top of you, tough environment. So they, you know, they, they didn't uh, have to play those guys as much, but even with that Cox only played one more snap than he did last week. Javon Hargrave played the same number of snaps, 38 last week, 38 this week. So it was just, you know, more of an emphasis on using your starters more and just bringing in those backups uh, to kind of, you know, spell them when they could, but, the defense didn't wear down. So you didn't need to have those guys rotate as much as they did last week in Detroit. You know, not a lot to nitpick on here. A great overall team win both sides of the ball. Special teams, however, is still one third of the game. If you want to really pick something apart, you know, maybe the special teams has room for improvement. I know you did a really great article on Britton Covey and uh, his expertise in the return game and gave us a nice education there. Yeah. Do you think that, the Eagles are comfortable with their return game. Will they look to improve that? Could a guy like Huntley, uh, the running back, be back in the fold here? Where where do they go on special teams, do you think? I, I think they just stick with Britton Covey, to be honest. I mean, listen, you're not going to hit a home run every single time, you, you know, you, you get the ball punted to you. I think your job is to catch it. And when you punt to Britton Covey, I'm 100% confident he's going to catch the football. Okay, that's where it starts. Whatever you get after that is gravy. Um, and I think, you know, having been an All-American punt returner at Utah, uh, taking a couple back to the house, averaging like 19 yards per punt. I mean, listen, he, he's an undrafted rookie who's playing a second NFL game. I mean, I think you just be patient with Covey. You keep him in the punt return game. Where I'll say they need to improve is that kickoff return game. You saw the Vikings pooch it down to the five-yard line, daring the Eagles to return it. And Quez Watkins just, you know, he doesn't look – he doesn't look like he's – I mean, he's fast, but when he gets the ball, he kind of tiptoes into where the traffic is and then tries to cut outside and gets tackled. And the Eagles had horrible field position in that first half. I think their best starting field position was the 23-yard line. Every other drive started, you know, deeper than that. And part of it was because the kickoff return game, Quez Watkins is not the answer there. They need to find a kickoff return or someone who can give them a little juice. Maybe Kenny Gainwell can do it. Maybe Britton Covey can do it, but they need to find an answer at kick return. And I'll say this about the special teams. Having a blocked field goal is horrible. You can't have that. Patrick Peterson made a nice play to block that 41-yard try from, from uh, Jake Elliott trying to make it 27-7, to which would have been huge. But then, you know, Peterson blocks it. Chris Boyd scoops it up, and he looks like he's going to score a touchdown, and it's going to be this huge momentum-changing play in the game. But here comes Aaron Sippus, the old rugby player from Australia, you know, chugging chugging down the field, not giving up on the play, and he catches a cornerback. A punter catches a cornerback in the open field and makes the tackle, the game uh, touchdown-saving tackle, which would have made it 24-14 if he scores with over three minutes to go in the third quarter, and now you're, you know, it's it's a nail-biting time if that happens. Sippus makes the play. Three plays later, Ravante Maddox intercepts Kirk Cousins. Momentum-changing play averted. So, I mean, that was huge for Aaron Sippus to do that, man. That, that dude showed some jets catching up to a cornerback in the open field. No, and I tell you, man, the players really took notice of that, and you could see them rally around that. And, you know, the Maddox uh, pick was, was also – brought upon by pressure on Kirk Cousins, who was yeah. up to Kirk Cousins type things on Monday Night Football. Now 2-10, and mm. re-interceptions, uh, could have been a lot more, and the Eagles get it done. Uh, you know, time goes by so fast, Eddie, when we talk to you. We probably won't have you on again until next week. 
what's your gut telling you with this uh, commander's matchup? Do you feel good uh, heading down the turnpike here into D.C.? Man, I don't know. Let's see. I really haven't given it a whole lot of thought at this point. Uh, but, you know, I think it's going to be fun. You know, uh, Carson Wentz is, you know, he's playing well down there. Um, but it's going to be cool to see Hertz and Wentz match up against each other after the two of them shared a locker room for those last four games. And I know for a fact Hertz was on pins and needles in those last four games. He started his rookie season with Carson Wentz's presence still looming large in that locker room with a certain faction of teammates. Um, but, you know, Hertz has become his own man now. I mean, we've seen what he's become. And, you know, Carson Wentz is playing well. It's a big game in the NFC East, obviously. Eagles are 2-0. and The Commanders are coming off that loss to the Detroit Lions. Uh, yeah, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a fun game. I think, uh, you know, I think the Washington fans are a little bit more enthused about this team. I think we'll see another good crowd. Of course, the Eagles always take over FedEx Field down there in, in Landover, Maryland. Their fans just flock down 95 to that game, so there will be a good Eagles presence. So I expect it to be a good game. You mentioned the five-and-a-half-point line. Listen, again, don't don't – Bet the house on what I'm telling you, but I think the Eagles will win the game. <laughs> we learned that last night, Ed. <laughs> well, hey, uh, we'll be keeping tabs. It's funny, after two weeks, there's just six teams around yeah. the league, just six teams that are still undefeated. Mm-hmm. Goes to show the parity in the NFL. But every team in the NFC East with at least one victory and the New York Giants don't look now are still lurking. We'll uh, – We'll pop you on next week, see where the cookies crumble, Ed, and uh, we'll be on the lookout over there at Eagles today over on the SI.com for all your great work. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it, man. All right. There he is. Eddie Ballgame, Cafe Kratz, Boo Bird Kratz, whatever you want to call him after that. Uh, always a pleasure to have him on to break it down. Uh, coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern in just about a half hour or so, we'll have Ben Standing from the athletic to get that commander's perspective as we get you geared up for commander's week. But after the break, I'm going to come back, give you some more of my takes. It's TFB with RIC right after this. Go to get your game on, go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
we're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Again, it's the football playbook with your boy RIC and a place to be checking in from the Jersey Shore, broadcasting around the universe here with you today on this Tuesday, September 20th, right after the Philadelphia Eagles big Monday night football win. Hey, I need me one of those Cafe Kratz Expressos. I got my times confused, thought Ben Standing was coming on at 11. Can't even keep up with myself. We have him waiting patiently in the green room. Let's pop him on. Good morning, Ben. How are you today, brother? Last time I saw you, I think we were giving you an award out at the Combine for the best mock draft award. Been a long time. How are you today? I, I'm good, only because you mentioned it. It's like, yeah, it, your memory is correct. I, it's right It's right here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a lot of awards. I got to take what I can get. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, it's uh, great to see you. Thanks for uh, having me on. Big week for uh, both of our teams. It is. I wanted to have you on Uh you know, it's a player's day off. So we were able to pop you on and get prepped for commander's week, our good friend, Carson Wentz. And we'll get into all that and do a deep dive. But before we do, I know part of your job over there at the athletic is to keep tabs on the commanders uh, in division rivals. And I don't know how much you saw of it last night. It was a late night for a lot of us here in Philadelphia, but the Eagles are looking like the team to beat here in the NFC East. What do you make of it so far Small body of work, just two games into the season, but a lot to like from this Eagles ball club. For sure. Uh, obviously, you know, Washington made the big, their big move was getting Carson Wentz. And, you know, I'm, I, no doubt people in your in your world have, have an opinion whether that was a good or a bad move, but whatever, it was an upgrade for them. I bring it up because that was kind of the only thing they did other than the draft of any real significance. In an offseason, it felt like the Eagles every other week we're signing or trading for somebody of significance and, you know, at, at, at a lot of key positions. And that left to me, the big variable, not just for the Eagles, but maybe for the entire division is Jalen hurts and his development. Uh, that Dak Prescott is out. I think obviously opens up the division even more, but clearly, you know, from where I'm sitting, Jalen hurts looks like he is improved. I mean, I have questions about what happens when we get to the playoffs, but right now he looks good and you guys have weapons, all over the place. The run game's good. AJ Brown's scary. You know, the defense is, is doing a lot. So looking like the team to beat. I, it's hard to argue that, especially with Dallas, you know, logically taking a step back without Dak. And, 
you know, no disrespect to the Giants, two and zero star, but you know, I, I, I'm not there yet. No, I hear you, and we'll. I'll try to ask you about the Giants though, because their schedule is shaping up where they could possibly be four and zero, and suddenly sitting atop this NFC East. We shall see. Uh, but let's keep it Philly and Washington for now. We saw Darius Slay last night play probably the best game of his life. And he's been doing this thing now for almost a decade, but he completely took Justin Jefferson out of the game. He was matched up on uh, Jefferson 17 times, just allowed one completion, had two interceptions, could have probably had two more. I'm assuming he'll draw the assignment on Terry McLaurin. Who's kind of been the Carson Wentz go-to option after Scary Terry? Well, it's interesting because McLaurin's been pretty quiet, relatively speaking. He, he In the first half, he didn't have a single catch in the first half against the Lions, and he didn't have – he only had one catch in week one until he had a 49-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter when they came back against Jacksonville. He's obviously still the, the number one receiver, but Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson have both been very effective so far. I mean, Dotson, the, you know, the rookie out of Penn State, three touchdowns in two games. He's looked – polished and poised all summer and it's continued into the season and hey Curtis Samuel's healthy uh after after last year and he's looked all kinds of spry uh out there so you know even if a team can take away Terry McLaurin or aims to try to do that Washington does now have other receivers and that's not even factoring in you've got two running backs out of the backfield in uh, Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick who can catch passes Logan Thomas um He's coming back from a knee uh, knee surgery. He's looking okay. So they have other options. But, yeah, McLaurin Slay will definitely be one uh, to keep an eye on. Yeah, and you mentioned Jahan Dotson. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I was not down at the Ocean Casino for the Eagles pre- and post game, but a little birdie told me Dotson now has moved to the odds-on favorite, believe it or not, to be – he's the front runner for NFL Rookie of the Year. He's playing that well through the first two weeks – it sounds like that's not a fluke, though. It sounds like he's been consistent throughout the training camp and could really play a significant role. Do you, do you like him as the front runner for NFL Rookie of the Year? Do you think he can have that type of season? Well, I mean, just even at the receiver position, right, there's a lot of interesting guys. I know Garrett Wilson with the Jets had a huge week, and, you know, Drake London doing some good things in Atlanta, and that's not even, you know, I just watched Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit get three sacks <laughs> against Washington. So, you know, I think he'll have some competition, but – he has looked pretty good. I, I know Washington took some heat when they drafted him 16th overall. He wasn't tipping. He was picked. He was projected often in the first round, but a little bit later. Um, Washington felt, though, that he was the right call. And clearly, you know, it, it has looked it has looked that, looked that way so far. He has been a really impressive route runner. There was a lot of talk about his catch radius coming out of, uh, coming out of Penn State, even though he's not the tallest guy. He's able to, you know, get more, uh, more balls than his size would suggest. I know Daniel Jeremiah coming out of the draft said he thought Dotson had the best hands. All of that seems to be legit. And on top of it, he's a pretty mature, whatever he is, 22, something like that. He's a pretty mature kid. He's not getting high. He's not getting low. And that blends in perfectly with Terry McLaurin because that's kind of how he is as well. So it is a really interesting combination uh, that they've got with those two guys plus Samuel. So, yeah, I think Dotson has definitely looked the part rookie of the year. I, I, I don't know, but uh, – you know, if this offense keeps going the way that it is, he'll definitely be in the mix. Yeah, we're talking to Ben Standing over at The Athletic, who does a great job covering the Washington Commanders and the NFL. And we had our good friend Ed Kratz from Eagles today on just before you. He alluded to 
you know, during the end of the Carson Wentz regime in Philadelphia there during the last four uh, starts that Hertz made, basically said, you know, Hertz was kind of on pins and needles, Hertz hovering over his shoulder, the locker room, maybe the veteran guys were a little bit divided and split. But to your point, I said it the other day, we're, we're witnessing the maturation of Jalen Hurts. And I think we saw a big step forward last night, probably the best game of his professional career. I'm curious to get, you know, your perspective on how Carson has adopted to Washington now, you know, on his third team in as many seasons, what's been the comfort level? What's been the atmosphere? What has been kind of uh, the acceptance inside the locker room around Carson Wentz? Yeah, I would say it's definitely so far so good across the board. Uh, you know, the, there's never really been much of a question about his talent. It's been about harnessing the talent, not you know limiting the mistakes and putting in enough good work to you know to, to counterbalance. He's going to make some odd throws, some inaccurate throws. That's just part of the gig <laughs> when you have Carson Wentz. But can he make enough of the other plays? I believe the stat is. He is the first quarterback since forever, since it's been tracked since 1950, to have uh, at least three touchdown passes and 300 yards in his first two games with a new team. That's not to say he's playing completely lights out in both games. Washington has had significant lulls in their offense. They didn't score a point in the first half against Detroit, didn't even have a first down until midway through the second quarter. But the explosive aspect of it all does seem to clearly be there with Wentz and some of his throws particularly at the end of that Jacksonville game, really just as good as you'll see. The other component of this is you mentioned the locker room and obviously, you know, there's been questions when he was with Philly and Indy about his leadership and get, does he get along with everybody? Does he accept some blame? Things like that. It seems to me he has gone out of his way to try to put the onus on him when things have gone wrong. And I've, and having talked to people who, who are with him in those other spots, th- they're not here, but they just based on some of the things they've seen and read, they seem to think that he's making a turn positively in that direction, that he is not just sort of putting it, putting blame elsewhere, which is where how some people saw some things. So this teammates seem to love him. The coaching staff definitely loves him. Uh, the coaching staff needs to love him on some level. They made a big investment to get him and they need him to succeed. So, so far, so good. Like I said, I think the biggest issue football wise is stop me if you've heard this before, but the Carson Wentz experience needs to be a little less up and down and a little more consistent over the, over the course of a game. But right now it's, you take the good with the bad and he's giving them enough to be, to be uh, competitive on offense. Yeah. I mean, I think the Washington season hinges on Carson Wentz, right? They're only going to go as far as he can take them. And you said they, they invested quite a bit into that Carson Wentz. Uh, I want to ask you though, I saw an article that you had up on The Athletic where Washington uh, actually was awarded a free agent that the Philadelphia Eagles had also put a claim in for. So a little bit of uh, in-division gamesmanship, the the commanders getting their guy. Uh, What can you tell us about this defensive tackle they picked up? Yeah, John Ridgway was a fifth-round pick by Dallas this year. Dallas, I guess because it was so weird, right? They only had Dak Prescott on the roster as a quarterback. They actually had to promote Cooper Rush from the practice squad to start. And in doing so, they needed a roster spot. They released uh, Ridgeway, who he slipped in the draft, from what I gather, because he didn't have an impressive workout. But I know our draft analyst, Dane Brugler, 
he had him ranked as the number seven defensive tackle in this draft class, sort of as a day three, day four pick. So Washington gets a guy who has some potential, clearly. Here's the here's the rub. They forget potential. They need him to, they're gonna need him to play now because they are getting incredibly thin on the defensive line. Yeah, they still have Deron Payne and John Allen starting. Good, 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 very good there. But John Allen's been dealing with a groin injury. He definitely was not 100% this week. In week one, they lost Fedarian Mathis, their second-round pick, to a season-ending meniscus uh, tear injury. Last week, the guy who's stepping up into the rotation for Mathis, Daniel Wise, he suffers an ankle sprain. My, my sense is he may be out at least this game. The, the, the guy who was behind him was a player who they just who was an undrafted free agent that they just picked up off the street prior to th- this game. So they are really thin. Ridgeway is going to go from being like a guy. No, you know, none of us have been paying any attention to, to probably having to play some real snaps and uh, Washington's run defense has been miserable so far this year. I think the Eagles are pretty good against the, are pretty good on the ground. So uh, this guy's going to have to be able to ha- come in and play and just at least if nothing else, give Payne and Allen a blow. And, and that's unfortunately where Washington's at right now with their defensive line depth. Man, that sounds like, you know, they're mending it and piecing it uh, together, that Washington front. But, you know, traditionally, Ron Rivera has always had a respectable defense, along with uh, Jack Del Rio there. There seems to be a lot of criticism, much like there was with the Eagles after week one. Is it the personnel or is it the scheme? Uh, What are the Philadelphia Eagles going to be looking at here when they take on this Washington defense What's been your takeaway through the first two weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably still sort of a national perception that Washington has a good defense because of what happened in 2020. Uh, Chase Young's rookie year, they have, you know, per the various analytics, have like a top five unit. Uh, You know, the the NFC East was miserable that year. Um, You know, uh, obviously they win with a 7-9 record, but that got got them a little bit more on the radar. Last year, everything cratered, particularly in the first half of the year, uh, miscommunication, the secondary, all these issues. Chase Young also tears his ACL. They don't have him. Uh, he may be back after week four, week five, but he won't be here this week. The issue is, like, in the starting lineup, they have some good pieces. The, 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 you know, I mentioned Payne and Allen. Montez Sweat can get after the quarterback. Some good news is that Cam Curl, their starting safety, and I would say their most versatile defender, Looks like he'll be back at practice this week after really not doing anything the last two weeks following thumb surgery. So he may be able to play. That would be a huge lift for them. But they are not deep, really almost anywhere on defense. They've got real questions at linebacker. Their first-round pick last year, Jamin Davis, has been getting a lot of criticism, not just from people like up from like me or fans, but the, from the coaching staff. And so it's like on the one hand – They've got to find a way to improve. And Ron Rivera is saying it's more about the individual players doing their thing, but they don't have a lot of options to turn to. Really, the depth is pretty limited. Like I said, even without the injuries, so I, I don't, I, I don't know how I see them fixing the run game, other of the run defense, other than to say play better. <laughs> you know, that doesn't sound like much of a you know deep dive strategy, other than hey guys, you got to do more. I, but that's kind of where it feels like they're at right now because, like I said, personnel-wise, they don't have a lot of ways to go, and Ron Rivera is saying he doesn't think it's a schematic issue. So uh, guys are just going to have to play better. Well, you know, you mentioned the run defense. You mentioned a lot of defensive linemen. I heard a lot of Alabama names. Let me switch gears for a second because uh, 
the tragic situation that occurred with Brian Robinson there in yeah. training camp. Uh, God bless his soul. I see him out there practicing. He looks like he's on his way back. Uh, how, how soon is it? I know um, Gibson didn't have the greatest week this past week against the Lions. I think 14 carries for 28 yards. How far away is Brian Robinson? What's the timetable look for him? Yeah, so he's on the non-football injury list, so he's out at least the first four games. Okay. I think he's got a good shot to be back, though, right after that. I mean, he certainly looks good. I mean, you know, you wouldn't know by looking at him that he had been, you know, shot twice in the leg, and apparently one bullet went through the knee but didn't cause any uh, structural damage. So, obviously, it's, you know, amazing that he's, uh, you know, okay just in a human sense. And then from a football sense that he could be back soon. I I think on some level – I mentioned before the ups and downs of this offense. I I think Brian Robinson was drafted specifically to help them avoid those big swings. Antonio Gibson is a really dynamic player, but he's much more of a home run threat than he is a guy that's going to consistently get you. If not positive yards, not, not negative plays. They, he's not a guy that is, is ideal, ideally suited to run between the tackles on the early downs in particular. Brian Robinson is much more of that guy. Watching him all summer, he's much more of a classic NFC East running back. Gets his shoulder square to the line, can turn up the field. You know, even if he's penned in, can get something, and sometimes can get a lot of something. I think they need that. Again, he won't be back for a couple more weeks at least. But I think when he comes back in, I really think that's going to help this offense out a lot. Because if Carson Wentz is going to still be Carson Wentz up and down you at least have a stabilizing force on the ground. I think that's kind of what they missed in in Detroit. As I said, they didn't have a single first down until uh, midway through the second quarter, and that did not help the defense's cause, et cetera. So I I think Brian Robinson, whenever he's able to come back, will be a huge help. Uh, I thought he looked great this summer. And, you know, fortunately, he's in a position where it looks like he could be back soon, which is, you know, again, uh, an amazing situation. Amazing that he can come back off of that horrific uh, incident that occurred. And uh, we're looking forward to that Uh, winding down here. You know, the, the Eagles have run into some, I don't want to say good luck, good luck, maybe tough luck, whatever the case may be week one, they got the lions. Frank Ragnar was all banged up Uh, last night. Garrett Bradbury uh, of the Vikings. They, they kind of took advantage of that mismatch. And now here comes Washington who, Oh, by the way, they're starting center. Chase Rulier, I know, has showed up on the injury report. What can you tell us about his status? Well, we're, we're, we're looking at a scenario where he's more likely to be out for the year than play this week. Wow. I think it's not okay. looking great for him. Ron Rivera said he, at a minimum, would go on short-term IR. But from what I gather, he's dealing with a knee injury that could put him out uh, for the year. So they haven't definitively said that yet. But at a minimum, he's going to be out uh, several weeks. The primary backup center, Wes Schweitzer, he didn't play this week because of a hamstring injury. He had started week one at right guard. He didn't play this week. The third center, in essence, would be Wes Martin, who who they drafted a few years ago. Then he went away. Then he came back this year. Um, he would be next in line. So yeah, maybe you guys are the uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, the you know the, the, the bad luck for centers um, <laughs> based on what you're saying. But yeah, it's uh, look, it's tough case. Rhea, you know, he makes the play calls. He's, he's been a, a stabilizing presence. He was also coming off a, a significant injury last year that knocked him out the second half of the year. So they were welcoming him back, excited for that. And now they're going to have to figure out a way to get by without him again. Yeah, we'll certainly uh, keep an eye on that situation, Ben. We appreciate the time here. Before we let you go, I know it's early in the week. We're just still 
digesting week two here, but the the Eagles are opening up as five and a half point favorites on the road in Washington. Uh, can you give us a prediction if you're allowed to? Sure. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, it's one of those things where you say an NFC East game, throw out the records, you know, probably some level wise to take the points. And like I said, the offense has been scoring. That hasn't been the issue so far. That said, I just don't see how what based on where we're at on Tuesday, I, I don't see how Washington is stopping the Eagles offense, particularly the ground game based on what we've seen from both teams. So, you know, I probably would say take Eagles in the points, but, uh, or sorry, you know, take the Eagles and give the points, but uh, you know, division games, obviously Washington knows they've got to figure out a way to step up. Maybe that this the, the sight of an Eagle, uh, Jersey will, will be enough. All right. Fair enough. Well, listen, Ben, we appreciate the time. Can't thank you enough for coming on and making your football playbook debut. Uh, Maybe we can revisit the standings later on in the season when the uh, Eagles and and commanders meet again. But uh, I know you've got some articles to get up there on the athletic and we'll be keeping very close tabs on you. Rick, I really appreciate it. Good to see you. And thanks a lot. Absolutely. Ben standing our, uh, Best Mock Draft Award winner uh, from InsideTheLeague.com, the awards that we do in Indianapolis each year if you happen to be out there, a great event. And uh, Ben Standing doing a great job over at The Athletic covering the Commanders, NFL, uh, longtime NFL insider. So uh, it's unbelievable. We got an hour power down. Uh, Ed Kratz breaking it down from the Eagles' perspective, recapping uh, the Vikings game last night at the top of the show. We just had Ben Standing giving us the Commanders' preview it's commanders week here on the football playbook now uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back i'm going to take a deeper dive into what i saw from the eagles game last night it's all brought to you by ocean casino resorts don't go anywhere hit the like button we'll be right back after this go to get your game on go for the beers Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. 
Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. again it's the football playbook with the boy ric and the place to be checking in from this jersey shore beautiful island great island of the jersey shore and a great victory for the philadelphia eagles as they took care of business uh over the minnesota vikings we just had uh ben standing from the athletic breaking it down from the commander's point of view eddie kratz breaking it down from the eagles point of view it's commander's week uh we'll have nikki jabavaha from the Washington Post tomorrow, along with our good friend Glenn Irby uh, from the Eagles Newswire USA Today, and of course Kayla Santiago on a hump day Wednesday tomorrow. But today we got one hour of power down, another hour of power to go. Big shout out to all the chat room people I see in there. Dank, Gigi, Meta, SMD, Ocams, Razor, all you guys, Daz, appreciate all the love and support. Hit the like button. We can't thank you enough for that. Shout out to Tone behind the scenes and uh, Xander. We got some tag team combination going on on the producer side. They did a great job with the Eagles pre and post game. It's all brought to you by Ocean Casino Resorts. And we mentioned the new odds that came out down there at the Gallery Sportsbook. Jalen Odd, uh, Jalen Hurts, now the third favorite for the MVP voting. Uh, eight to one odds suddenly, overnight, literally. <laughs> uh, he went from 30 to one preseason down to eight to one. So if you got in on that, our good friend uh, Emery Hunt advised you to get in on that action. Hey, uh, eight for 11 on balls that travel 10 yards or more through the air, 173 passing yards. I've seen the deep ball accuracy improve. I've seen the mechanics improve, right? Because the quick release, he's getting rid of the ball much quicker that Jalen Hurts. And because of that, you're seeing a renowned confidence. You heard Ed Kratz talk about he was on pins and needles with Carson Wentz hovering over his shoulder. Not anymore. Did you see him last night? Did you see him last night to the crowd? That right now, that image of Jalen, like, bro, really? You're going to doubt us? You're going to doubt me? That right now is the front runner for your Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl DVD cover. Give me that image. Jalen Hurts, I'm laughing at you. Really? You thought I couldn't play? Let me show you something. <laughs> this is your franchise quarterback. Buckle up. Stop denying this man the sack. Give him the money he deserves. 
and pay him, Howie Roseman. I'm talking to you. To me, Howie has a tradition, you know, a track record of engaging in these negotiations earlier rather than later. Now, quarterback is a different nature of the beast, but I got news for you. If Kirk Cousins is making $40 million a year, huh, I'd hate to see what Jalen Hurts commands on the open market because the salary cap is going to go up. It's just going to keep going up, which means you got to pay Jalen Hurts more money if you wait. Let You know, I saw how he uh, got some deals done a couple weeks ago. He freed up. I think they're sitting at like $10 million in cap space. Well, let's move and shake some contracts around. We'll get Fletcher Cox off the books next year. And we'll give uh, Jalen Hurts the money he deserves. Is anybody still really questioning whether or not Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback? I feel bad for that guy. Imagine imagine being the guy in the media that woke up today and said, ah, you know, yeah, you know, they beat the Lions and uh, the Vikings. They're not that good. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. Imagine being that guy. <laughs> what more do you want the man to do? He carved the Vikings up. Sliced them. Diced them. Made minute rice with them. I mean, what more do you want this man to do? Again, this was an all-time great Monday night football performance. 300 passing yards, 50 rushing yards. Only Cam Newton and Mike Vick have ever done that in the history of the NFL. Jalen Hurts is doing big willy things. So hate on, haters. Hate on, because you're always going to find a reason to hate on Jalen Hurts. I don't like his style of play. Yeah, okay, bro. Get out of here. Some real clowns out there in the media. I, I apologize for my media brethren. They're, they're sometimes hard to listen to and hard to take. You know, they sit here and they preach how good the Vikings are all week. They just beat beat up on the Packers. This is a balanced team. So good. Now today the Eagles dismantle them. Oh, eh, this, eh, the Vikings are a 500 team. They're not that good. Yeah. Okay, bro. You know, we heard it after week one. It's funny how it works. The Lions stink. Oh my God. They gave up so many points to the Lions. How could they do such a thing? <laughs> All of a sudden we find out the Lions are a good team. Eagles whooped up on two quality teams. I don't care what you say. It's the Jalen Hurts friends and family tour. Jalen Rager had a front row seat yesterday. Next up, Carson Wentz, free admission. After that, Doug Peterson, you're on deck. It's the friends and family award tour. Jalen Hurts is putting on a show. Putting on a show. For you out there. Secure the sack, Jalen. Big time performance. Time of possession, by the way, 36-14, 36 minutes. They controlled the clock last night. And talk about the balance. They had, I like this ratio, 
13 first downs through the air, 10 first downs on the ground, and they averaged 7.1 yards per play. Now, I know the rushing attempts, the rushing average was like 4.9, and so the passing yards per play was like 9.6, almost 10 yards per play. Every time Jalen Hurts threw the ball, it basically was a first down. Basically, a first down. Every time Jalen dropped back to pass, he made him pay. Pick your poison. You saw the big play to Quez. That's because of the 12th personnel alignment. The safeties got caught up. They came underneath. They took on Goddard. They accounted for Stoll. They forgot about Quez in the background lurking. And I like the fact that they got Devontae Smith first play of the game. Boom. Get that out of the way. I don't have it in front of me, but the target distribution was very equal equally distributed. I think it was like eight, seven, seven, six, five, four, eight different receivers getting in on it all. I mean, he's spraying the ball all over the field. I mean, I, I don't see like, can I tell you something guys? Can I tell you something? There's a quarterback in the same state of, of, of Pennsylvania that can't get on the field. He goes by the name of Kenny Pickett. He was a first-round pick. Oh, by the way, he's 25 years old. Kenny Pickett's 25 years old. Jalen Hurts is 24, going into his third season, his second as a starter. You're telling me you're going to go find a better quarterback than that in the draft? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are better than Jalen Hurts three years, four years, five years down the road. This franchise is in win-now mode. There's no time to rebuild and start over. There's no time to hit the reset button. This team's built to win right now, right here. Buckle up. Enjoy the ride. It's a mystical, magical <laughs> carpet ride, and Jalen Hurts is the driver. Thank you, Tone or Xander. I know you guys are doing the crisscross there at Ocean Goddard, six targets. Uh, Devonta Smith, seven, round eight. Everyone else had two or three. So that's exactly what you want from your big three. 21 targets distributed evenly. And every week, somebody else is going to feast. Xander, did you go down to the knife and fork in Atlantic City? Because the Eagles were there. They're ready to feast, baby. Who's carving it up this week? Who's carving it up next week? Carson Wentz, he's going to have a front row seat. I love what the Eagles did on offense, and I love even more that Jalen Hurts was so unsatisfied with his performance. He said it in the post-game press conference. We got to do better. Second half was not up to satisfaction. Agree. But it's great that the media doesn't have to ask that. Instead, Jalen is telling us because that's the leader that he is. This guy was born to lead. Cool as a cucumber, baby. That's my quarterback. I've been I've been on the uh, Jalen Hurts train for a while now. I'm just so happy for him. Because there's so much negativity 
and hate towards this man, all he's done is improve. From year one to year two, he got better. From year two to year three, he got better. Everybody wants to sit here and say, oh, well, he didn't play in the preseason, so I don't know. Well, you know, he got a small sample size, six for six, 90 yards. and went right down the field. Wasn't good enough for you? Okay. Lions game? Wasn't good enough for you? Okay. Vikings game? Was that good enough for you? <laughs> now he's going to slay Carson Dr once Demons next week. We'll have an excuse. Oh, well, you know, the commanders are just not that good. Give me a break. Jalen Hurts is line him up and knock him down. He's just taking care of what's in front of him. Laying bricks. Stacking chips is what the Eagles want to do. And take advantage of this year because he is on the rookie deal. He's going to command big money. This might be it. This might be the best supporting cast. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This might be the best supporting cast that Jalen Hurts ever has in his career. Tell me again when you're going to have an A.J. Brown, a Devonta Smith, a Dallas Goddard, all healthy. Oh, by the way, a three-headed backfield. Jalen Hurts led the team in rushing. Oh, by the way, you got Sanders, Gainwell, and Scott. I love the distribution there. We didn't, I don't think we got into the snap count on the backfield committee. 53% for Miles Sanders, 26% for Kenneth Gainwell, 21% for Boston Scott. This is the secret recipe for success long-term, I believe. Miles Sanders is running effectively. And it's because he only has to play 50% of the snaps. The other 50% gain well in Scott, gain well in Scott. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire back in the day. You know, maybe about a decade ago with Big Blue, the Giants had Earth, Wind, and Fire, three-headed backfield before this running back by committee uh, became a popular thing in the NFL. Listen, there are very few bell cows in the league Dalvin Cook was one of them last night. You saw what he did. Derrick Henry is another one. You saw what he did. And I'll get in, I'll try to get in some of that Bills game if I can at the end of the show. The committee approach is working. On any given play, you could have one of four players burn you in the backfield. Hurts, Sanders, Gainwell, Scott. Any single one of them can hurt you. The triplets, hey. I ain't going to lie. I sat here and told you Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen were better than A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. I still think Justin Jefferson is the ace of the bunch. But I don't know. After last night, maybe maybe A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are the more dangerous duo. What did Slay say? We got three Batmans? Because there are no Robins. There are no sidekicks. Just number one stunners. Brown, Smith, Goddard, pick your poison. Washington, pick your poison. Woo. So great game from the offense. Great game. That's the best game of Jalen Hurts' professional career. We knew he had we knew he had it in him. But again, the ball distribution, the deep ball accuracy, the short to intermediate parts of the field, the ability to pick up the blitz and not take sacks or commit turnovers, make smart decisions. He's doing everything that a franchise quarterback is asked or told to do. So what's the problem? I want to know what's the problem, people. Why are you so reluctant to anoint this man? 
I don't have the list here in front of me. I, I broke it down the other way. Who do you want to capture on the free agent market that's going to be better than Jalen Hurts? Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. And do you really think that Howie Roseman going into year three of the Nick Sirianni era is going to want to blow this thing up and start all over with a new quarterback? Why? doesn't make any sense. You'll be spending another three years looking for the guy that's better than Jalen Hurts. You got somebody here you can build around and brace it. Brick by brick. You got the most important piece of the foundation. Right until the wheels fall off. Daz Deal says it's only been two games. Daz, that's all they played. That's all we can judge them on. Everybody wanted to see progress this season. Well, I can only go based off of what they played. Do you not see significant strides in his overall game? His release, he went from the worst in the league, 3.12 seconds, to one of the top in the league at two and a half seconds, getting rid of the ball in the pocket. You know what that comes with? Experience, feel for the game, knowing your teammates' tendencies, putting your nose in the playbook. Oh, by the way, being the first one in and the last one out. Everybody looks up to this man. Everyone except for the Philadelphia media. It seems. Doesn't matter if I'm tuned in to Jacob's Sports Channel, reading the newspaper, or some other media outlet. Somebody's always got hate for Jalen. Why? From year one to year two to year three, this man's only 24 years old, and you're sitting here criticizing him. Meanwhile, Kenny Pickett's 25. He can't even see the field. Think about that. Think about being in that predicament. Using a first-round pick on a 25-year-old rookie who can't even get onto the field. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts is in year three, his second as a starter. He's only 24. And you're going to sit here and try to tell me that's not your franchise quarterback? Some people are going to look pretty stupid. If he's not a franchise quarterback, my name's not Rick Saratella. I don't know what to tell you. Jeremiah says, we got to have rings and things. <laughs> it, it is all about that ring. And uh, I got news for you. If you wait until Jalen wins the Super Bowl, then you're going to be paying him Lamar Jackson money. <laughs> Never mind Kirk Cousins money. Then you'll be, you'll be approaching Kyler Murray type money. And quite frankly, if Jalen Hurts brings home the chip, he's better than Kyler Murray. He'll be, he'll be asking for more than $46 million a year. What I'm saying is you can get him now probably for like 35, 40 million a year. It's going to look a lot better than 46, 50, 50 million a year. If they win the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts will want 50 million a year. We had Neil Stratton, by the way, inside the league.com, breaking it all down with Nicole Lynn, the agent for Clutch Sports who represents Jalen Hurts. They also did the Alvin Kamara deal, which was somewhat of a hometown discount. They got the Alvin Kamara long-term extension done prematurely. Say what you want. Kamara got paid. Maybe he left some money on the table. Everybody won. Everybody won. 
Now, is Jalen Hurts going to be this Tom Brady hometown discount guy year after year? I don't, I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> He's probably going to want his money, especially playing. I mean, has there been a better bargain in football in the entire NFL, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, bang for your buck than Jalen Hurts over the last two years? Haters going to hate. They got that haterade. They're, si they're still sipping on it this morning from <laughs> Cafe Kratz. Some people are still ordering the haterade. Oh, man. All right, let's switch it over to the defensive side because I gave Jonathan Gannon a lot of criticism, whether that was fair or not. That's a story for another day. Today, I sit here. Wrongly accusing Jonathan Gannon of not being competent. He showed me something last night. He showed me that whether he's listening to the Jacob Sports Channel, he, he showed me that he has self-awareness. If anything, the man's aware. He knew what he had to do. He told us that it was on him to make the adjustments. He didn't specify what those adjustments were going to be. So I'll give him credit for that. And hey, I love it, Jonathan. Prove me wrong all day long. I want to be, I want to sit here and be wrong every single week about you. Now, NFL's a bottom line business. Just like Jalen Hurts gets criticized game after game, I'm sure the same will come with Jonathan Gannon. Now, I gotta say. He did change the defensive scheme. He did. He switched it up because we talked about it yesterday. They had the worst blitz rate percentage in terms of pressure in the entire league week one, 15%. Gannon dialed it up last night. 16 quarterback pressures, 33% blitz rate. That's what we wanted to see. That's what we wanted to see. Aggression. Jamming the receivers. Getting in their faces. Making them, let them know we're here. We didn't want all that zone cushion coverage and we, and we saw improvement. We saw improvement. And, you know, almost lost in all the commotion is the performance of the one Darius Slay who slayed the dragon, J.J., Justin Jefferson. Whoa. I know Johnny Mack said that's one of the greatest defensive back performances he's seen in quite some time. I got to go back to Darrell Revis on Randy Moss. The last time I saw a corner play that good. And I sat here and called Justin Jefferson the best receiver in the league yesterday. I still believe if he's not one, he's two or three. Darius Slay. Made him his little bee. <laughs> Just saying. And to do it on 80% of the snaps, which hopefully we get some clarification as to why that was. I don't want to question it too much because it all seemed to work. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Bradbury, Epps, CD Juice, they all played 100% of the snaps back there in the secondary Darius Slay only played 
80 percent, 49 of 61 reps. Still got it done. Still got it done. And of the 49 reps, he was matched up on Justin Jefferson on 17 of those snaps. Jefferson was targeted five times, just one catch, slay two interceptions, could have been two more. Another monumental performance on Monday Night Football. We talked about the defensive line rotation. You know, Reddick. Again, if we're if we're going to nitpick and say, well, how can we get better? I think the way you implement Hassan Reddick could probably improve a little bit. Sixty-seven percent of the snaps. I mean, you're paying him big time money, and he's taking thirty-three percent of the plays off. That's one third of the. Snap count that Reddick is on the sideline. You know, again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But you're paying him all this money. Fletcher Cox, same deal. Like, what? That's got to be at least like $25 million accounted for this year. And these guys. You got me? Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. TFB with RIC here, breaking it down for the last half hour or so. It's all brought to you by the Ocean Casino Resorts. Big shout out to them hosting the Eagles pre and post game, the Pondley Hockey pre and post game, I shall say. And, you know, during the commercial break, I see you still got the haters in the chat room. Haters going to hate. Oh, the Eagles are good, so don't grow attached to hurt. See, that's the kind of attitude, guys, that'll get you killed out here in the National Football League. The Eagles are good. The team is solid. Don't get don't get attached to Hurts. You think Jalen Hurts is replaceable? Go swap him out for Carson Wentz and come talk to me. Swap Hurts out, put Wentz back in, and come see me. Better yet, take Hurts out and swap him in for uh, Mister Forty Million Dollar. Beam me up, Kirk Cousins. Tell me tell me how this team looks then. Tell me how good you feel about that. Kirk Cousins is a $40 million quarterback. What do you think Jalen Hurts is worth? $50 million? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if they go to the Super Bowl, he'll be getting more than Kyler Murray. He'll be up there in the Lamar Jackson territory because right now you can argue – you can argue that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson right now through two weeks of the NFL. And now I got people telling me that Carson Wentz is the second best quarterback in the league right now. <laughs> According to who? <laughs> so you take Carson Wentz. You go to war with Wentz. Give me Hurts. I'll see you. I'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> Oh, man. Stop giving me stats. Stats do not tell the story of real football. Okay? Whew. We've got about a half hour left in the show. We're taking you up to noontime sports take, guys, followed by Dan Cilio National Football Show. More on the defense, though. 
the defensive line rotation I was talking about. You're paying Reddick and, and, and Fletcher Cox a lot of money. I would expect a little bit more than 66, 67% of the snaps. Hargrave, same deal, 62%. Josh Sweat, only 57% uh, of the snaps. So, I mean, Sweat is almost out of the game on half the half of the snaps on the defensive side. Sweat ain't even in there. I guess he's just primarily a pass rusher at this point. Brandon Graham, 48%. And then you get the interior defensive lineman where, again, Milton Williams, Marlon T, Jordan Davis, all between that 30 to 36 percent uh, percentile. Jordan Davis played 22 reps last week, 21 reps this week. You know, when you when you take a guy 14th overall, you hope that he grows and develops into a bigger role. I get it early on. I think I want to see more Jordan Davis, more of the uh, big names living up to those big dollar contracts as the season progresses. But hey, again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If we come out and the defensive line snap count looks a lot like this and they take care of business against the commanders, all good. I'm not going to complain. I mean, that's how good of an Eagles victory it was last night that we're nitpicking snap count rates and, you know, uh, just a really, really great balanced game, offensive attack, defensive scheme, the game plan, uh, you know, you want to call out penalties. I know C- Coach Sirianni pointed out penalties in his post-game presser, saying, you know, we got to clean up some penalties. I think, I think they had seven or eight penalties again last night. They had a bunch in Week One, so you know, the discipline has got to get a little bit tighter. You know, finishing games, right? We want to see them finish uh, because they took their foot off the gas. It seemed. In week one, or they at least let the Lions back into the game. And then last night, Hertz said it himself, unacceptable second half, too many points left on the board. We got to get better. All gas, no breaks. So you want to say penalties need to be cleaned up? Absolutely. You want to talk about finishing, playing all four quarters? I, I would say that's something they need to do a better job of. Last night, it was over at halftime. We all kicked back, drank the Kool-Aid, watched Dick Vermeil get his Hall of Fame blue ring that Coach Bob Wiley talks about. Again, just outstanding that Dick Vermeil, the Philadelphia, meant so much to him. He goes in as an eagle and gets celebrated in Philadelphia. Not the Rams, not the Chiefs, not the greatest show on turf, but Philadelphia. And you heard Eddie Kratz talk about it was a star-studded affair from Bryce Harper to James Harden to Bradley Cooper. Every All the stars were out. Uh, Rick Saratella wasn't there, but all the stars were out at the link. And, um, you know, there's a lot to like from this Philadelphia Eagles ball club. So, you know, I think those are the main talking points I wanted to kind of hit upon. And, again, going back to Hertz. Nick Sirianni called it a big-time performance on a big-time stage. And that's what big-time players do. They make big-time plays and big-time moments. And I think Jalen Hurts is truly just scratching the surface of the quarterback he's going to become. 
He's a grinder, man. He's a grinder. You know, while I'm in the kitchen Sunday morning grinding the sausage for the Sunday gravy, Jalen Hurts is in the film room grinding. He's a he's the definition of a grinder. I can't say the same about Carson Wentz. Now, I can't say this for a fact. I can only say it from an outsider perspective, but I think once Carson Wentz got his money, I'm not sure this man has the heart. Like, Baker Mayfield, same deal. Like, he's got all this money. Like, I'm good, bro. I don't think Carson Wentz loves the game of football like Jalen Hurts. I'm not sure Carson Wentz is living, eating, breathing, shit in the playbook like Jalen Hurts, okay? I don't. I think it got a little bit Hollywood, a little bit too Hollywood once he got paid. I'm not worried about that if I give Jalen Hurts the money. I'm not. This guy, you cannot rattle him. You cannot shake him. Philadelphia's called him a lot of things. He's still standing. Remember that Super Bowl uh, DVD cover? Really, bro? I think that was Hertz looking up at the crowd saying, you hear these media folk? You hear what they're saying about me? You really believe this? Come on, son. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is the real deal, man. How many games is it going to take for you to believe? Come over to the Rick side. How many games is it going to take? Four? Eight? Some of you won't be satisfied until you're in Arizona with our good friend Howard Balzer in the desert. Right? So my message to Howie Roseman this morning, you can take Vic Fangio off hold, dial up Nicole Lynn. Let's at least start engaging in those conversations. And oh, by the way, Jalen doesn't even have to know. Jalen, you go take care of football. Don't worry about what we're talking about over here. Look at look at the Aaron Donald story. He retired, puts in his retirement papers. The Rams never turn it in. Meanwhile, Les Snead, Sean McVay, and the agent, they're meeting every week, hammering out a new deal for Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald had no clue. No clue. He actually thought he was retired. And then his agent came back and said, oh, by the way, I got this new money contract. Maybe you'll be motivated to play again this season. Same thing. Howie, call Nicole Lynn. Get her on the phone because I'm trying to save you the money now so you don't have to pay more later on. I know you see it, Howie. I see it too. Make the call. I, I would be trying to get Jalen Hurts for $35, $40 million a year right now if you could sign me up for that. Right now, give, give him four years, $160 million. I'd be like a pig in shit, giddy as hell. Because I know if I wait to the end of the year and they possibly win the Super Bowl, now I'm paying $50 million a year. That's $10 million bucks a year you can save right now. Take my advice. RICdiscounts.com. 
trying to help you out. So, I mean, every aspect of Jalen Hurts' game has improved from the short to intermediate attack to the deep ball passing. I go back to watching this man. Like, a lot of Eagles fans are just covering his progress or development based on the last three years of what they saw. I go back to the Alabama days where this guy was throwing deep balls. It was like a jump ball, like, hey, up for grabs. Anybody, defender, safety, corner, receiver, whoever comes down with it, like his deep balls, like he'd have a guy running down the right seam and his and the ball would be on the left hash mark and the receiver would have to adapt and adjust. Not anymore. This guy's improved. I think Jalen Hurts has been the most improved quarterback over the last two years in the NFL that I've seen. Tell, go find me a quarterback. Maybe Trevor Lawrence has shown great uh, strides. Hopefully we have Coach John Filippo back on the football Friday. I'm going to ask him, which quarterback has shown more improvement over the last two years than Jalen Hurts, who, oh, by the way, is still 24 years old? People trying out, out here telling me he's not a franchise quarterback. Give me a break, guys. Give me a break, okay? Now, uh, there was another game last night. I want to sneak that in there on you guys. Monday Night Football, doubleheader. This was some kind of NFL experiment. I don't know what exactly they were experimenting with, but if you're going to do a Monday Night Football doubleheader, which, oh, by the way, when they've done this in the past, it was always on week one. This year it's on week two. They used to stagger the games so you can actually watch both of them. Now they're overlapping the games, so you got to pick and choose. What's the point of that, NFL? I, I know it was called an experiment. What exactly are you experimenting with? What, why? Can I watch, you know, Monday Night Football, primetime, only game on the docket. You want to give us two for the price of one? Great. Great. Started at 5.30 and 8.30. Start the East Coast game at 5.30 then. I don't know. It just seemed a little weird. Anyway, obviously I didn't catch a whole lot of it except for the aftermath, but this one was over before. This one was over the before the Eagles game. It sounds like quicker. Uh, Forty-one to seven. The Bills just whoop up on the Titans. You know, this is a team that. You know, a lot of times there's a, this preseason hype and this buildup and expectations, and teams don't quite live up to them. The Buffalo Bills have not only lived up to the hype and expectations; they've exceeded it. They've exceeded everything we've we've asked upon this team. And to me, to me, when you dismantle the Super Bowl champions the way you did in week one, and then you just pulverize the number one seed in the AFC from a season ago, 41 to 7. The Buffalo Bills through the first two weeks, have outscored the Super Bowl champions in the AFC one seed, 72 to 17. This is a buzzsaw. The Buffalo Bills are performing surgery with a chainsaw right now. They cannot be stopped. Oh, by the way, while Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen failed 
to make a play, they couldn't help but go, but flashing to a Stefan Diggs highlight every two minutes. And that's what happens when you have to pay quarterbacks $40 million a year. Can't keep everybody, right? Somebody's got to go. If I go, you got to go. Well, Stefan Diggs had to go. And I, I bet the Minnesota Vikings wish they had Stefan Diggs back. 12 catches for a buck 48 last night. Josh Allen, another four touchdown passes, 317 yards. I mentioned Jalen Hurts is the number three odds-on favorite to be the MVP down there at the gallery at Ocean Casino Resorts. Well, Josh Allen is the favorite. And that's the that's the echelon that Jalen Hurts has now put himself into the conversation of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. That's the conversation now for the MVP race. Don't blame me. I'm just here to report it. That's the odd makers telling you that. Not me. Not Rick Saratella. That's Vegas. That's Atlantic City telling you that Jalen Hurts, eight to one odds to be the NFL MVP behind Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. That's the kind of level that Jalen Hurts is playing on right now. But people refuse to. Where's my sunglasses? Because we ref, we got the blinders on. I don't want to see it. I don't want to believe it. Oh, my God. Why? Embrace it. That's the kind of level that Jalen Hurts is playing on. And there's still people denying it. But back to Josh Allen and the Bills, I mean, this is, you know, again, it's two weeks. But the Bills and Chiefs, they're kind of in a category of their own right now. I don't think any team in the NFC can even compete with the Bills or Chiefs right now. Two really good teams that are on the upper echelon. But after that, the thing is, like, the Bills and Chiefs can get knocked out in the playoffs because you got teams like the Ravens and the Dolphins like we saw now. I'll I'll put the Dolphins up there until my eyes tell me otherwise. The Chargers look like a team that can contend. There's some good teams in the AFC. In the NFC, tell me who you like more than the Eagles right now. They're rolling. Rolling. You want to tell me the Green Bay Packers who lost to those same Minnesota Vikings that now everybody says they stink? Well, what's that make the Green Bay Packers? So they beat the Chicago Bears. Big whoop. They couldn't beat the Vikings. You're going to tell me the Green Bay Packers are better than the Eagles? We'll find out. Thanksgiving week, November 27th. Buckle up. I really believe that the Eagles will be favored in every single ball game they're in leading up to the Green Bay game. And, oh, by the way, that's in Philadelphia? Eagles might be favored in that matchup too. Go find me the game on the Eagles schedule where they're going to be the underdogs. Eddie Kratz said maybe the Arizona Cardinals. That's a good one because anytime you travel cross country, it's always a always a journey, right? But they won't have New Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins 
<clears throat> serving a uh, five or six game suspension. So, you know, Cardinals still a team to be reckoned with, as we saw this past week with the big 20 point come from behind performance. But man, show me a team in the NFC that's better than the Eagles. You want to say Tampa Bay? I'll give you that. I think right now the NFC road runs through Tampa Bay, but that was not a convincing win over the Saints. Oh, by the way, speaking of the Bills, Tampa Bay signed good old buddy Cole Beasley yesterday. Did you see that? That's how desperate Tampa Bay is at wide receiver. You know why? Chris Godwin's out. Julio Jones didn't play this week. Now Mike Evans is suspended a game. Now they got to sign Cole Beasley off the scrap heap. That's how desperate the Tampa Bay Bucks are, okay? El Desperado. And you're telling me that's the team I got to go? I'll take my chances. Oh, by the way, Tom Brady, Mr. All-In, he's going to be taking every Wednesday off. Every Wednesday off for Mr. Brady. That's a commitment to winning. So while Jalen Hurts is getting after it on Wednesdays, Tom Brady will be over there with uh, Giselle Bunchabom. A looky boom boom. <laughs> it's Wednesday. It's my midweek. It's hump day. I got to take the day off. I'm Mr. All In. You want to say he's 45? It deserves the break? Sure. Go for it, man. If that's how you want to approach the season, well, why didn't you just stay retired? Go find yourself a little, uh, one of those uh, umbrella drinks on a deserted island somewhere. I'm not talking about the Jersey Shore. So you want to put Green Bay in front of me? I think Philly will mow them over. Just call Jalen Hurts the lawnmower man if they play Green Bay in the playoffs. San Francisco now granted with Jimmy G. I like their chances a lot better. Suddenly they look like a contender. I'll give you that. San Francisco has a stingy defense. Stingy defense. But Philly got the X factor because when Bosa, when the Bosa comes after him, guess what? Bosa can't keep up with Jalen Hurts. We're gone, bro. You saw it against the Lions. I'm gone. Carson Wentz, who's actually somewhat mobile, couldn't escape Aiden Hutchinson and Charles Harris. It was like Swamp Thing coming out and sucking you down. Swamp Thing. We're rising and bringing you in. Jalen Hurts was like, no, I'm out of here, bro. Two quarterbacks that are supposedly dual threat. However, Carson Wentz looks like he's in quicksand. Jalen Hurts, meanwhile, is the number three contender for MVP race in the NFL. So Cole Beasley's back in the league after, you know, calling out the NFL on Twitter, saying, look at these jokes around the league. Basically said, I'm better than 50% of the wide receivers in the National Football League right now. Well, Cole Beasley's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, but 
I'm not I'm not ready to anoint Tampa Bay as some kind of world beaters. No siree. Dallas, they're going to be fighting just to get into the playoffs with the way the Giants are playing, Dak Prescott being out. I don't even know if the Cowboys get in. Green Bay is no concern. The Vikings, we took care of them. <laughs> Please let us see the Vikings down the road. You know, I would say San Francisco and the Rams there in the West, and Stafford has five interceptions through the first two games coming off that offseason procedure. They've been pretty tight-lipped about the minor procedure on Matthew Stafford's throwing shoulder that suddenly he has five interceptions through the first two weeks. I'd be concerned about that if I was the Rams. Oh, by the way, that hunger ain't the same. So if you ask me, on this September 20th, 2022, Philadelphia Eagles are in the driver's seat in the NFC. Now, buckle up. <laughs> Another 15 weeks to go or so. It's going to be a long journey, but how could you not ask for a better performance than last night? It's got to be at least gratifying for 24 hours, no? Can we have 24 hours to soak it all in? Taste it? Feel it? Savor it? Get used to it. It's a feeling we should have each and every week. And I said this was a 10 or 11 win ball club. Maybe I was too conservative. There is not a game on the docket they should lose leading up to that Green Bay matchup on Thanksgiving week, which is two months away. Everybody else in front of them? Very beatable. They should be beaten. The Eagles should win every game leading up to the Packers matchup. Now, the chances of that are slim to none, but my point is you could be looking at a, dare I say, 12 or 13 win ball club. They should sweep that NFC East starting this week with the Washington Commanders. Oh, by the way, line's already moving. Opened at five. Last night, today, it's five and a half. What do you think it's going to go off at on Sunday? Six and a half, seven, seven and a half? Vegas sees it. The odds tell you they see it. The odds say they see what I see in Jalen Hurts. So you don't want to listen to me? Maybe you can listen to Vegas. It's been two hours of power. So happy to be here, chopping it up, breaking it down, talking football with you each and every day. Uh, tomorrow, shout out to our guest today, Ed Kratz, Eagles Today, SI.com. Ben Standing over at the Athletic, covering the Commanders. Tomorrow, Nikki Jabavala from the Washington Post will give us more on the Commanders. We'll also have our good friend Glenn Irby from USA Today, Eagles Newswire, and of course, Kayla Santiago from Delmarva Sports, Philadelphia's finest. We'll be checking in as we continue to break it down leading up to the commander's matchup. So it's a can't stop, won't stop situation here on the football playbook. Make sure you hit the like button. We didn't get that in enough. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel so you get the show notifications, whether it's you know during the week, Monday through Friday. We got uh, 12 hours of nonstop coverage each and every weekday or – 
like we saw last night, the Pondley Hockey Eagles pre and post game. Shout out to Krause. Shout out to Xander, uh, Tone, all you guys holding it down. You did a great job last night at the Ocean Casino Resorts. Great hosts over there at the gallery. Can't wait to get down there and soak in all the action. Can't wait to be back here with you all tomorrow and break it down for you once again, man. These are the best two hours of my day. Can't thank you enough. Rick Saratella here for the football playbook. This was our 16th episode. Count you down. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. We'll try to do a better job next time. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.